What's up, everybody? You're listening to episode two of the 514 Football Podcast. I'm Joey Alfieri. Joining me tonight, my father, Frankie. Frank Alfieri, what's going on, Frankie? Guys, how are we this evening? Good. We're uh, going to talk about a loss for the first time, so that'll be interesting. My brother Jeffrey's here. Jeff, what's going on? Uh, I'm okay. Tough uh, weekend to be a Montreal sports fan, that's, uh, to say the least. So. Yeah. Uh, we got to break this one down for the Alouettes. Four games uh, for Montreal teams, two by the Canadians, one by CF Montreal, one by the Alouettes, 0 for 4. And our cousin, my cousin, Michael Gravino, who was a former Concordia Stinger offensive lineman. Mike, what's going on? Uh, not much, not much. We'd go uh, a lot better right now if the Alouettes would have won this weekend, yeah, well. but it's fine. We're back in third place. Uh, we'll have to uh, figure something out for next week. All right, Alouettes lose at uh, Percival Molson on Saturday night against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders by a score of 19-14. to 14. Uh, Why don't we start with the game balls before we get into uh, the analysis? So we'll start positive so uh, no one can accuse us of uh, always being negative, but I don't, I don't think we're a negative group, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, so, Frankie, uh, you want to go with your game ball first? You want to start us off here? Okay. Yep, yeah. okay. I'll start it off. Um... I was, you know, yesterday when we uh, when we left Molson Stadium yesterday, and that I forget who it was. If it was you or Jeff that asked me that question, I think it was you, Joey. Yeah. Uh, look, uh, at one point I was uh, I mentioned the name of uh, David Menard, who played yeah. a, a solid game uh, last night at defensive end. He got a sack, I believe, a tackle, and he was. Uh, he was he, he was disruptive. Um, you know, he gave a hard time to those offensive linemen and uh, Fajardo in itself. I was thinking of Reggie White Jr. Yeah. Uh, I think he's got five receptions, 74 yards. Um, but then I was looking at the stats this morning, and uh, one guy that, that played well on defense that uh, sometimes doesn't get the, uh, the recognition, but he seems to be doing his work uh, week in, week out, Woody Barron. Yeah. Uh, two qu- two quarterback sacks, two tackles. Um, when I watched the game uh, this morning, uh, you know, you, if you pay close attention to to what he does, Woody Barron plays a uh, he played a solid game last night. So I'll give my uh, my game ball to Woody Barron. Yeah, we're uh, recording on Sunday. Uh, Jeff Pop and I were uh, in the seats uh, last night for the game. Uh, Mike, I know you were coaching and you watched the game. Uh, this morning. Uh, why don't you tell us quickly where you're coaching, what you're doing, and then uh, give us your game ball. Yes, so I am helping coaching uh, Collège Laval. It's a high school team here in uh, Quebec. And uh, basically, last night was our last season game. So uh, we finished uh, 7-1. and Sadly, we lost last night. Uh, but we're starting the playoffs next week, so we're getting ready for that. And what, what do you coach? What position? So I help coach the offensive line. Okay. Uh, I coach that line. Yeah. Cool. Uh, where do you want to go with your game ball, Mike? So game ball, Woody Barron was a very good choice. I yeah. was thinking about giving the, uh, my game ball to him. That whole defensive line as a whole played really well, I find. Actually, the whole defense as a whole played very well. Yeah. But I have to give mine to uh, Patrick Levels, a guy that's always in your face, has a lot of passion. Um, he had four tackles, a quarterback sack. I think he's a very important part of that defense, and he deserves my game ball. Yeah, I like it. I like Levels. There was a big tackle for loss, I think. Joe. Was it on Fajardo? I think it was a sack maybe on Fajardo or he closed the time and space. I like that one. Yeah. Sorry, Pop. What do you want to say? 
No, I, I just wanted to uh, to I just want to ask Mikey if there were if it was if there's any truth to the rumors that the uh, tuition fees of the kids at Collège Laval have gone up this year because they've got to pay your salary. <laughs> if if they did, uh, it was probably a half a cent uh, per player. If uh, <laughs> if that's the case. All right. Okay. Uh, we're uh, we're trying to pump uh, pump Mikey's tires. Maybe you can get a big time job like the college coaches in the states do. They throw their name out there for uh, other jobs. <laughs> Maybe you can get uh, some more money. Uh, <laughs> Jeff, uh, I don't know helping coach the offensive line though. I don't know how you word that on a CV, but I might edit that bad boy. I'd give myself an official title, uh, Jeff. So we have uh, so far. Uh, Dad gave it to Woody Barron. Mike gave it to Patrick Levels. Are you sticking defense? You're going offense. Well, there's not much to give it on offense. You know, I have a hard time giving a game ball and a loss. Maybe I'll just give a nice little shout out to the defensive line. I thought the big question mark for me was, could the defensive line do this against an upper echelon CFL team? You know, they dominated Ottawa to 10 sacks in one game. Uh, they had back-to-back big games against Ottawa. They did it against Toronto. And I want to see against Saskatchewan and the D-line, I thought, uh, was tremendous, and I'm very, uh, it's a very positive sign, I think, for the Alouettes. And uh, going through the last stretch of the season, I'm going to pay close attention to it uh, next week again against Winnipeg. You know, if I want to single out one player, I won't even go D line, I'll go with Money Hunter. Like the Money Hunter did, he was around the ball, made some plays on defense. Mm-hmm. The only I'll give him a little, the only little asterisk on his game yesterday was an RPO in the fourth quarter when he had to contain. Fajardo and he he came down on the the running back and yeah. Fajardo pulled it out and just went right around for I think it was a twenty yard gain or something like that to set up I believe it was a field goal later on so I think Money Hunter played well I love the defensive backs what they're doing and uh, it's going to be an interesting stretch down here if the Alouettes can get going on offense I'm sure we'll t- we'll talk about it later on but uh, this with the way the defense is playing and the way they're getting pressure it's a very good sign uh, in the last stretch of the season. Yeah, uh, look, I, I was debating between two guys. I like that you gave it to Money Hunter. Uh, I was thinking Rodney Randall, who's just quietly been solid since he's been in the lineup, had a pass breakup on a long play that uh, the Riders tried uh, over the top. And he just he seems to be making plays like interceptions. I know he had a multi-interception game in Ottawa a couple weeks ago. Uh, but uh, picks aside, I think if, uh, if you just kind of watch him, he's uh, done a real good job in coverage he's fit in real well on that defense and i don't want to take any shots at taekwon glass but i think that uh, randall's been a step up on uh, glass who started the year short side corner mike you want to jump in here yeah rodney randall jr what a game he played yeah. uh, definitely he was just sticking to those receivers like glue but we also had uh, Najee murray at the end who had a yeah. great great pass breakup with the perfect placement with the helmet as soon as he caught the ball he turned around his helmet was right there to break it up um, I think that was a, a very uh, good play by uh, Murray there. And uh, Ahmad Thomas, too. Can't forget about him. He had a pretty good game as well. Yeah, uh, I like all those guys. It, it's really hard to find somebody on defense who uh, who didn't play well. Uh, so I think uh, it's kind of fitting that we all went defense. I, I could have gone Reggie White also. Just uh, he looked good. But most of his uh, most of the big plays came uh, in the first half. So I'll, I'll go defense as well, just like the rest of you guys. So, uh, okay, we handed out the game balls. Uh, there's a couple things I'd like to touch on. I want to get your opinions on because uh, it's not often uh, that I disagree with uh, Kahari Jones. I think that Kahari Jones uh, had a bad game in terms of making some big decisions, but there's a few things uh, leaving the stadium that uh, I didn't agree with. Anyway, so I'll put it this way and uh, we'll go to, uh, we'll go to you guys. You guys tell me what you think. Uh, I thought uh, first of all, the challenge 
on that uh, reception. Was it Lenius who caught the ball? Yeah, clearly, yeah, clearly the ball was knocked out by the defensive back. I don't understand why you would blow a challenge early in the third quarter, lose a timeout. There was no way that they were going to call that a fumble. That was clearly an incomplete pass. And I understand what you're trying to do. You're, you know, you're trying to give your team a spark, give them the ball in good field position. But uh, we saw the replay in the stadium, guys. We looked at each other and we all said, there's no way that pass is definitely incomplete. So I have a beef with that. Uh, the other beef uh, I have is on, uh, they're down by nine. Trevor Harris just comes into the game. It's third and two. Uh, it would have been a 50-yard field goal attempt. And I know that's a long field goal attempt. And I know that David Cote has been up and down this year. And I think this is where some of us will probably disagree. Uh, but I thought that you try the field goal attempt for a couple of reasons. One, Trevor Harris is in at quarterback and he's shaking off that rust. He hasn't played in a few weeks. And this is his first week with Montreal. So third and two uh, from the uh, from the 43-yard line of Saskatchewan, it's a little risky. And I get what the analytics say. Uh, Jeff, I know you're big on the analytics. I like the analytics. I have no problem with the numbers, but I'm going to put it in perspective. So the quarterback is a little rusty. The offensive line is banged up. You're on your third center with Patrick Davis. The backup left guard, David Foucault, is hurt. And Tony Washington, the left tackle, probably played the worst game he has all year. I don't think he's 100%, but I digress. He was bad. And you haven't really moved the ball at all. So all those things, I know what the percentages say, and the percentages on paper will probably tell you that third and two, you're more likely to convert that and extend your drive than you are hitting a 50-yard field goal with Cote. But I would rather attempt the points and make it a one-possession game. Instead of being down by nine, you're down by six. And, and Cote had just hit from 45 there. So, Jeff, I'll go to you. Uh, I, do you agree with my assessment or do, do you disagree with that situation? Uh, the one I'll agree with is uh, the challenge. When I when it first happened live, I was like, mm, I even said it to you guys, uh, maybe I challenged this. And then the second we saw the replay, I was like, no, there's no way. It's a waste. If it's a 50-50, you know, on a replay, you're not sure. Okay, you, at that point, maybe I would have risked it. But after the replay, I'm like, this is 95-5 that you're not getting this call overturned. Mm. And that, they lost the timeout. And that timeout cost them 20 seconds at the end of the game. You know, to, they got down to, when did the, where did the game end uh, the last play? Around mid, yeah, they're around yeah, midfield. Yeah, you had an extra 20, yeah. you had an extra 20 seconds there. You're probably getting inside around the 30. Midfield, yeah. You're probably getting inside the 30 with a shot at the end zone. So I think that 20 seconds was costly. And I think that was probably the biggest mistake. But uh, in general, I touched on it last week. If you want to go back to uh, the third and two one, I will really want to see Kari be more aggressive. Maybe it's easier when he has Vernon at quarterback than when he has Matthew or Trevor, uh, who's just learning the playbook. On that sense, I could see why you on your on your side you want to take the points, but I want to see him be more aggressive. I think Standback played really well all game. Probably only got bottled up a few times, uh, and I think I would have just given it the ball off to him. He ran over who knows how many guys on the in the second after. I think Ed Ganey's probably still having a couple of nightmares about uh, William running straight at him. So I think I would have given it to stand back and whatever happened, happened. But on third and two, I'm going for that 50 yards. 50 is a long one. David Cote from, from distance, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but just off memory, I think he, it hasn't, it's been about 50, 50. I'm going for that every time, any stage of the game, anything just inside midfield. When it's under five yards, I'm going for it. I want to trust the offense and I want to give the balls to my best players and keep them, keep them going. Dad? Dad? Well, uh, yes. Do you hear me? Yeah, I got you. What do you think? You hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, here, here we go. Uh, we'll start with the uh, we'll start with the challenge. And uh, look, uh, I agree with you both. Uh, I find that uh, 
you know, we saw, uh, actually, before we even saw the replay, uh, you know, we've seen throughout the season where there are players, there are receivers that have caught balls and they've actually taken one, maybe even two steps. But uh, Lenius last night uh, basically took half a step or at the most... His feet barely touched the floor. And and barely turned around. And, yeah. His feet barely touched. Yeah. Uh... And, 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 and Mur- Murray, hit, Murray hit him where he was holding the ball, basically. And that's why the, the, the ball popped loose. So, like you guys mentioned earlier, that cost us a timeout. We could have had two timeouts at the end of the game. We ended up having one. And like you said, Jeff, 20 seconds, CFL, you can easily pull off two to three plays uh, that could have brought the ball to uh, closer. Um, you know, the, the ideal, and Del Cheval was saying, on last night's broadcast that the idea was to get it to the 30 and then try, try a shot in the end zone. Yeah. Um, the, the second play, uh, Jeff, I, I disagree. Um, third and two, um, Schiltz was struggling. Uh, Schiltz is also hurt. He, he, he looked hurt. He, he wasn't a hundred percent last night, but, but Foucault had just gotten injured and uh, they, they, they brought in uh, calendar I believe, I was and, and that had to I shift. I think they brought in Thomasin. Uh, no, it's right. Yeah, it's right. It was Thomasin. You're right. Uh, Thomasin. Bringing in Thomasin, uh, Matt had to leave his right guard to go left guard. Uh, uh, Rice had to leave his position uh, also. And, and Washington w- was struggling. And on that play, um, the, the, the riders' front four uh, basically penetrated right through Davis and Thomasin. And that's why Schiltz got, you know, he got hit. Uh, I think he lost one or two yards on, on the play, and 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 basically didn't convert the uh, the the third down. They, yeah. they, they you're went talking right. about the sneak goal, right? You're, we're we're talking about the field yeah. goal at the end that they should have tried when Trevor Harris was in. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. So oh, the, the field the, goal at the end. Oh, I'm yeah, sorry, yeah, guys. yeah. No, no, I'm it's sorry, all good. Guys. No, no, no worries. <laughs> but I know what you're talking about. It's a fair point. I wanted to bring that up too, but they're. I don't know. They're 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 banged I, okay, up. Because there was that third. Both. There was that third. It was yeah, third and one. The sneak. That, that sneak was third and one. Yeah. On the sneak, it was third and one. I think you go for that every time. It, it just ended up. They just blew it up perfectly. They they slid yeah. right. They got. They blew it up perfectly. They, Schultz but, had no chance. Yeah. But but Jeff 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 they blew it up why why did they blow it up because the, yeah, the, the, that, the I understand your guys are banged that, up but and, you're talking about I, football players here it's a sneak yeah but. It's third and one. They blew it up. It happens. Look, Thomas Saint. Thomas Saint hadn't played. Thomas Saint hadn't played it down all year. That so, we witnessed the uh, goal line stands third and one with healthy offensive line. You know what I mean? Like it's just one of those plays that it just uh, didn't work out. It didn't work out. Anyway, you I, know what? AC Leonard I, made I, a great play there uh, on that third and one on the QB yeah. sneak. He went down low. He gave up the body, and uh, it allowed uh, the stop basically because uh, the players had enough time to go behind and, and get Schultz. So AC Leonard just had a heck of a game. Yeah, he, he played a heck of a game for sure. So Mike, uh, going to the the when the, uh, no, sorry, Dad, go ahead. When it comes to uh, when it comes to the field goal, I would have gone for the field goal also, just okay. to, uh, to just That's just fine. to the summarize new, what you said. The new yep. age thinkers, uh, the analytics people, the the numbers people, probably disagree with us that. Uh, but I, okay, I kind of think Jeff, Jeffrey's more analytics. I'm no, kind of 50-50. Sorry. Numbers don't lie. No, numbers don't lie. I agree, uh, but I still think uh, I still think that you have to kind of 
the 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 probability of converting third and two is probably higher than the field goal in the rain. But I think you have to factor in all the things that I mentioned. Uh, Mike, where do you stand on the uh, on the third and two? I'd imagine you feel the same way about the review, so we'll gloss over that. Yeah. But when it comes to the uh, when it comes to the uh, the field goal to go, uh, if you make it, you're down by six instead of down by nine. What do you think? I think I take my points there still, but like we've seen a couple of times these last few weeks where uh, at 48 or longer, they decide to either go, uh, they, they punt, they never go for a field goal. And I don't know if it's because they have uh, not a lot of trust in David Cote on, on that end. In the first quarter, we saw also uh, they had the field goal at the 43 and they had that false start that brought them back to the 48. Hmm. Now, the problem with that is that you get your false start, you back up five yards, now you switch from going from kicking a field goal to a punt Zima's there he's holding the ball at that point he has his knee in the dirt um he didn't practice any punts before and it just puts him in a very bad spot right there to go from pinning to uh, doing a punt right away so then we saw on that punt he also muffed it so he got the illegal punt which in the cfl is yeah, is, a, is a flag he shanked, and it, yeah. he shanked it and basically just got 10 yards extra instead of just going for a field goal there. So they were on the 35 instead of having a good punt. So that's like, a fair point. I hadn't thought of that, Mike, the, you know, going from bending down as a holder to, you know, not being able to warm up as a punter and then he shanked it. So maybe there's uh maybe there's something to that. Right. And that was at that point it was a 48 yard field goal. Do you still try for a field goal or do you have, they they just don't feel like Kote would, could land that field. I'm not sure, but yeah, but you know what, really Mike, weird. I know, Mike, I think you pinned the tail right on the donkey, and I think Gahari proved it in this game that he just does not trust Kote from distance. That's what it is. And I don't, I, like I said, I don't have numbers in front of me, but for memory, serves me correct, from distance, he's been very shaky this season. And it, it is what it is. Look, yeah, I think it's one of those calls at the end of the day is I can't fall through if you go for it, and I'm not going to fall through if you, if, you, if you don't go for it. It just didn't work out. We could be, if, if they get those two yards, we're not talking about this at all. So, anyways. Yeah. That's no, no, I hear you. That's a fair point. Mike, did you want to add something else? Yeah, and Tony Washington, he's definitely playing injured. I think he's been injured for at least four or five weeks because you see him even just hobbling to the sideline after every drive. He's he's hurt. And and this game, you, you've seen it. Uh, Lanier was just, like, all over him, especially on those run plays. Uh, there was one point he just crossed his face directly and got a tackle for loss on on a standback. Stand back, yeah. yeah, it was it was a pretty big play there for defense, but uh yeah, Tony Washington's definitely playing injured. He's definitely playing injured. Yeah. They'll sorry, they'll they'll, ha- they'll have to do they'll have to do something about that this week because next week it's Willie Jefferson. <laughs> and <laughs> and if he's oh, still really? if he's still injured, if he's still injured next Saturday, oh my goodness. Oh dear. But it's a fair point that and I have to wonder if yeah. Slugger is not on the six-game injured list, the backup left tackle. Maybe you can rest Washington. But basically, we touched on it before, and it'll it'll be interesting now with the home-on-home home against Winnipeg. Um, but you're down to your third center in Patrick Davis. You're down to your backup left guard, and it looks like the backup left guard, Foucault, is hurt. Washington is clearly banged up. And on top of that, like that's not even counting – that Trey Rutherford retired right before the season. He would have been your starting right uh, left guard. And Jason Lozon-Seguin would have been your starting right tackle, and he retired right before the season too. So they're going down the depth chart here, and it's less than ideal when you're about to go into Winnipeg in, uh, in a week's time, and then Winnipeg comes here. The Winnipeg defense has been unbelievable. Uh, guys, so there's two other things. The one big issue I had 
uh, also was the timing of pulling Schiltz. He just he didn't look right after the interception. I would have given him a drive, maybe going into the second half, but he didn't look any better. I would have gone to Harris earlier, and I think you're fortunate. You're fortunate that uh, uh, Saskatchewan didn't score more points because you would have been out of the game sooner. So your defense uh, held you in there. Mike, maybe I'll start with you. Uh, that, I thought, was uh, was a mistake by Kahari. I would have gone to Trevor Harris a little sooner, especially because Schultz was hurt. And it's no disrespect to the kid because he's he balled out last week and he played well. So I get you want to be loyal. Um, and honestly, I didn't have a problem with the onside kick at the end. I thought with a minute 26... Yes, your defense is playing well, but if you kick it off and Fajardo gets a first down, you're basically, you're not officially done, but you're pretty much done. Um, so I, I don't mind the onside kick. I know talking to my dad, we were sitting next to each other yesterday at the game. He didn't like it at that time, but Mike, uh, we'll start with you and uh, tell me what you thought of those, uh, those two things and if you agree or disagree. Bringing to, uh, Trevor Harris earlier, maybe what was a good decision, but he only has, what, a week of practice uh, how much of the playbook does he really know? I know the OC is trying to set up some plays maybe for later in the game. Maybe that's why he kept Schultz, uh, Schultz back in the game a bit more because he knows all the playbook. Um, the timing of it, uh, of course, I think uh, Schultz had a hard time this game. And when Trevor Harris came in, it felt like he just brought everything back together. But uh, uh, it really depends. I, th I think he should have came in a bit sooner. But how much of the playbook does he know up until now? But he's 35, uh, like he's a 35-year-old yeah, yeah, veteran. He, and yeah. he, took, he took first team reps on Thursday at least because – uh, Schultz had a knee injury. So I just, I just talking to the guys in the moment, I was telling them like early in the second half, it's got to be done if Schultz doesn't look good, but sorry to cut you off the onside no kick. Problem. what do you think? I think you have to go for the onside kick there personally. Uh, I think, I think that was a good decision. Um, but yeah, if, going back to Trevor Harris, I mean, he's definitely the starter going into next week. That's, that's definitely yeah. uh, my take. And, uh, and uh, yeah, it's going to be definitely a big challenge for the offensive line too. All right, dad, you want to get into the onside kick? Yeah, the, uh, the yeah the the onside kick I mentioned to you yesterday. I found a minute twenty six CFL. You've got time to kick it downfield. I understand the. This is this is also this is also when when we're talking context and when we're talking game situation. This is where that second timeout would have yeah. been huge for us. Who knows if he had two timeouts, then maybe he would have kicked it deep yeah. and 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 and. And who knows? The defense maybe could have, uh, you know, could have gotten a two and out. And I guess the defense was playing well. The the, the defense played well. When you look at Saskatchewan statistics, uh, you know, they didn't give up much. They didn't. They all night. They they played as well as the Saskatchewan defense. There's there's, you know, there, there's there's that 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 one interception that cost us uh, just before um, just before halftime, and then they they drove the ball downfield and uh, and Powell scored the TD, but. Look, the, the the onside kick. When when I when I saw it last night, uh, it, it kind of looked as if you know Williams caught the ball and then just took off and then he got tackled uh, at the at the sixteen. But this morning, Alexandre Gagné and and Money Hunter and again, I'm not, I'm no special team specialist, so I I don't know uh, whose assignment was what. But those two guys were right next to Duke Williams, and they, they, they weren't. They, they didn't track the ball. They, you know, they, they one could have easily have hit Williams. The other could have maybe picked up the ball if it had been fumbled. 
it it it, it was just uh, you know when they say that football is a game of inches, I, I kid you not. Last night there were there were examples where you know it, it was close, and that onside kick was well executed by Kuti. And it's it's just uh, unfortunate that uh, Gagne and Hunter didn't do a better job of. Uh, of, of either blocking or, or hitting Williams um, because it, it it didn't look good last night. And but but if you ask me, Dad, would you have actually, look? I would have kicked it deep and and hoped that the defense would have uh, would have stopped them so they were they were going to force them to punt. Yeah, and um, Jeff, we're, Dad was talking about the timeouts there. Um, if you if you remember when Saskatchewan had the ball after the onside kick was converted. They ran on first down. Montreal calls timeout. Woody Barron sacks Fajardo. You're out of timeouts. Kills 20 seconds, full 20 seconds. Saskatchewan kicks the field goal, and you're down. You have to take the kickoff because that was another thing we were upset about. Yeah, why take the kickoff? Yeah. Why not take it at the 35? There's a couple people who reached out to me on Twitter and said, in the final three minutes, you have to kick off. There's no option to take it at the 35-yard line after a field goal. But mm -hmm. if you had that second timeout, it would have been valuable on that. Uh, after the onside kick, but uh, I digress. Jeff, you want to get into the onside kick? Well, it's like it's just like I think Dad's right when he says the game could have changed on so many different little plays here. There's like it is a game of inches, and I I think back to the onside kick. I I, I like the aggression. I I like I just like I, I'm just gonna keep beating this horse here. Just be aggressive. You want that ball? Go get that ball. I thought they came pretty close to even touching the ball at one point before Williams caught it but I kind of just want to bring this back a little bit and just talk about Shields for a little bit. Yeah, sure. I sung his praises last week. I love what he did. He had that game manager role and he executed to perfection. And it's just that interception he threw that ended up being a 10 point swing. That team. was almost a guaranteed three points, at least for the Alouettes. And I, I saw that play the whole way. He takes the ball. I'm looking at Winicky. I'm like, okay, wait for him to clear. And, as he cleared, I'm like, okay, let her rip. And then after yeah. I told myself in my head, let her rip, he waited an extra second, which yeah. was just a second Correct. too long. And I, I don't know yeah. if it was Purifoy. He just yeah, jumped was, the whole yeah. route. And yeah, he's right. You, know, you don't know. You, you let that rip a second sooner. Winicky catches it. Maybe he doesn't score, but maybe they even get seven there. But you know you're guaranteed at least a three. So I I think if you want to go back to think at uh, points where the game was lost, that's uh, that, that's another one right there. Ten points. Well, that's the play. That's the play of the yeah. game. Because you just you, there was the no yards on uh, Martis Jackson. Yeah. It was a 15-yard penalty. It was first and 10 from the Saskatchewan 33. 33. Yeah, yeah so it's 3 nothing for you at that point for Montreal. And at worst, you kick the field goal, you go up six, but it changed in a hurry. It was the only drive the Saskatchewan offense was uh, really able to put together, and they scored a major on it. And that's, when, <clears throat> he, that's when it changed. You know, Jeff, guys, you, you know, when, when I saw the replay this morning, um, he curled inward. Yeah, but then had to move a few yards more towards Purifoy to get the ball. So I I don't know if it's a it's definitely a question of throwing the ball late. But I'm I'm just wondering if he he also um, expected Winicky to come back to the ball. Either he expected Winicky to come back to the ball, or he threw the ball too uh, too much in front of Winicky because Winicky had to 
he had to move like two or three yards. Yeah, uh, yeah but it, it wasn't in. I don't think it was a curl. It was like a ten and in type yeah. of type of route. So he was trying to lead Winicky a little bit. I think he was just late. He, he was trying to. It was just late. Honest. It was just like he had to yeah, throw yeah, it okay. when Winicky was in line with the defender, and he waited for him to pass, and that was just the second that was too long, and yeah. and he was staring yeah, down. Pure, so so Pure Ford just read his eyes the whole way, and he just yeah. jumped it. Mike, but is that speak- how you saw it? Is that how you saw it too, Mike? Yeah, that's how exactly how I saw it. It was just unfortunate because Martise Jackson did such a great job on getting that no yard, mm-hmm. uh, the 15-yarder. 15, uh, 15 um, I thought for sure that was going to be uh, at least three points. And then the very next play, they get the pick, and then they just walk down the field right before half. That just destroys the team, yeah. point to half, uh, giving up a that's late what, TD like that. Mikey, Mikey, that's what they said last night, both uh, Jeffrey and Joey. They said instead of us coming away with three, they we, we got – zero and they turned around and came back and got seven which is like a 10 point swing yeah and uh that, 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 that's what that's what it cost us you talk you talk about points on turnovers uh, uh that that was that was a costly mistake yeah that can was we talk about mistake. jackson real quick because yeah i, I know ask, i know i want to ask the question mike you wanted to yeah. mike you wanted to get into uh jackson as well like Basically, if the Owls are calling you to return kicks, because he got he got a, he took a shot to the head. He got, yeah. he, and he he was playing. He played pretty well. I know Jackson's a good player. Uh, when he was, I mean, he started in Winnipeg, didn't play for them. Was here, didn't play in Montreal. Uh, then he was uh, he was in Toronto, in Edmonton, and he's a good returner. He has a hard time uh, holding on to the ball sometimes, and that's why he's kind of bounced around a little bit, but. I thought he actually played pretty well, but he's another guy. Again, it's another guy that goes down. Alfred's gone down. Uh, Absher went down last week, and now Jackson. Like, go ahead, Jeff, and then Mikey uh, on uh, on Martis. Well, I was just gonna say, I think the Alouette kick returner just it's a curse at this point. Since uh, I don't know Alfred, I'm not sure what he did to make sure he had his job back when he was healthy or whatnot. But there just <laughs> seems to be a curse. Nobody could get do anything with the ball, and right when you get somebody who looks like he's a playmaker with the ball in his hands. He obviously, unfortunately, takes a shot to the head that ruled him out of the game. So hopefully he's uh, he's fine health-wise, and then we could get him back in the lineup sooner rather than later. But it looks like yeah, the Alouettes are cursed, and I'm curious to see who Danny Mack could bring in uh, to get, get some yards on some returns here because what's happening – what did we talk about last week? Penalties on special teams in the first half. I think three of the four punts or returns, whatever it was, penalties again. Mm-hmm. So I, at least at one point, it yeah. seemed like after that, they kind of turned around. Jackson was doing some nice stuff. But again, penalties, penalties, penalties. So hopefully we can start seeing the ball going forward instead of backward like we've been accustomed to. Mike? To be honest, Martise Jackson for his first game uh, with the LOS this season, he looked really, really good. Uh, small, speedy returner. We've seen a lot of that in Montreal ever since uh, Ezra Landry. Um, but uh, yeah, he looked really good. That, that second punt return there, the one with the holding that got called back, like he just went from one side. He didn't like what he saw that side span back around, came all the way back to the other sideline and, and did a big massive game too bad. We got a holding there, but uh, that's what you want to see from a punt returner, right? You want, you want, you want him to create something out of nothing. And uh, it's just sad to see him get rocked. Who was it that hit him? I think it was Wachi. Uh, number yeah, 40, 41. Yeah, yeah my yeah. Dad, my dad saw it because we were on the North side. So it happened on the opposite sideline last night uh, right. on Saturday. And uh and we just we heard the contact from where we were, but yeah, uh, helmet on I, helmet, though. Yeah, I didn't I, I rewatch the. Yeah, I didn't yeah. rewatch the full game, so I didn't see that. But uh, my dad said he watched the game uh, Sunday morning, and uh, it was clearly head to head. Yeah, it was head to head. Definitely, it was unfortunate because the way he just went down, like he curled a bit, like he he curled a bit his body, and then like he just came in head helmet to helmet. It was scary to see though. He was on the floor for a long time. I'd say yeah. close to five minutes. Yeah. 
uh, thank God he got up uh, on his own will and he walked away, but it did not look good at all. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, outside of the game, there's uh, something else that I feel like uh, some of us want to touch on here. Uh, the halftime ceremony to uh, John Bowman. Uh, Bowman came out. Uh, it looks good. I hadn't seen, uh, hadn't seen Bowman since the end of the uh, 2019 season. We actually spoke to him uh, on the radio leading up to the game. Uh, on TSN 690, but uh, he sounded good, sounded like he was in a good place, and he sounded happy. Uh, he admitted that he uh, packed on some weight, um, but it was nice to see him run out of the tunnel. Uh, it was at halftime. I felt like it was kind of rushed. It was a little weird um, because uh, there was like they had these dancing people in Halloween costumes that they wanted to get to or whatever. I just, I think, you, you know, given that it's, was it 134 sacks, guys? 14 years in Montreal. He only played for one team. I don't know. I know there was a video tribute and he didn't want to talk long, but man, I don't know. I just, I kind of feel like they could have done a little bit more for Bowman, right, Jeff? He, he didn't want to talk long or did they only get That's what he said. he said. No, no, he, he said, said I don't have I only long. have one minute is what he said. Okay. That was well. an exact quote, which I thought was a little, I don't know if that was a backhanded thing to everybody else, but I'm, I don't know. I left a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth. Would I get let me start with this. Would I get much of an objection from anybody here or an objection at all if I said John Bowman is the best defensive player in Alouette's history? Oof. I don't know about best no, defensive player in no. Alouette's history. I think Something. there's a debate. But, Dad, a debate. You go, Dad, you go um, back further than I do. So, In look, the modern era, uh, anyway. Listen, uh, you, you know what, Jeff? The, uh, when, when we go back down um, in history, okay, when we look back down in history – I followed the Owls in the 70s. I mean, I, I, I basically uh, started following them late 1970, early 71. Junior AU was a uh, great and feared defensive end. And so he played with them, you know, through the 70s up until 1981. And his numbers retired, right? His numbers up there with, um, with, with uh, Cahoon, Calvillo and the others. And John Bowman, in my opinion, better than Junior R.U. Yeah, Junior R.U. Yeah. Yeah. was feared. Junior R.U. was feared. But in terms of uh, numbers, in terms of, uh, of production, in terms of um, everything Bowman did on a football field, I, I don't even think it's close. You know, but that's what I was getting at because my whole point here was that before they started the ceremony, me, you, and Joe were saying like, oh, maybe they're going to retire his number tonight. And I'm actually happy they didn't because of, in my opinion, how bad the ceremony was. It seemed just not organized well at yeah. all. It seemed very last minute. I have nothing against Etienne Boulay, nothing against Luc Bordeaux-Jotin, but you're getting two guys speaking in French to somebody who doesn't speak French. They couldn't even put subtitles to what Boulay and Brother Rodin were saying for the guy. So he's just standing there smiling. Uh, and to pop it all off, the reason why it seems so last minute was because they got two guys that are basically with the organization. Brother Rodin is coaching the O-line. Boulay, I think, is the president of the Alumni Association. So they basically went right next door to, to get something because they needed someone to say something for Bowman. Where was Anthony Calvillo? Where was Mark Tressman? He was in Where the was building. Stewart? Calvio was in the building. They took a picture together. I saw there it on you go. Instagram. So Calvio's in the building. You can't, like, I don't need these guys in the building. Tressman and Stewart are obviously in the south of the border. But what does it take to get these guys to film something for John Bowman? 14 seasons with the Alouettes. Number one in sacks. Just when, when you think about the rushing the passer in the last 20 years for the Alouettes, number one you think of is John Bowman. And I just was not happy with what they did. 
think they could have thought it out a bit better. And I'd rather them just not done anything at all, wait until next season and uh, done something a bit better for him. I'm hoping they retire his number next year and they got something a bit more prepared. Yeah, Dad, Dad I mean, uh, look, I, I don't think anybody objects. Like, Mike, I know you weren't in the building, so it's kind of hard to uh, – it's kind of hard for you to get a read on it. I don't even know if they showed the ceremony on TV or not or if they just went to the panel, but um, – No, they did. They did. Yeah, they, they showed, showed it? Showed, yeah, okay, yeah, so they, they showed yeah. it. But, I mean, you still – you weren't in the building, so – uh, it's kind of hard for you to get a read, Mike, but I don't think we're going to get any argument that number seven should be retired. Like, I know they don't want to retire a ton of numbers in football because you have so many players, but yeah. seven, seven's got to go up there, Mike, don't you think? Uh, definitely. And he, he was always involved in the community too. Uh, yeah. He's just such a great leader for that defense for so long. Uh, you have to retire that jersey. You have to. Dad, you want to add anything here on the uh, ceremony or Bowman? Uh, look, the, um, the ceremony... Uh, was uh, à foin, as they say in French. Uh, I thought it was, uh, uh, you know, I thought, I, look, I think John Bowman deserves, uh, we've, we've been a part of when they uh, retired uh, Anthony Calvillo's uh, jersey and, and, and Ben Cahoon's and, and you know, the, they, they took all of halftime and a few minutes more to do that properly yesterday, like Jeff said, I felt it was rushed. Uh, you know, we, we, we've got to rush through this and then go to some Halloween dance or <laughs> dance. Uh, are you a group a of dance. Are you well, serious? whatever, whatever. Are, no, but I'm saying, damn, like, Look, are you whatever. serious? Come on. Yeah, no, it's, that's what I'm saying. It's, it, I would have, I honestly, they should, they, they should have waited a year and done this next year, but done it right. Uh, when you think back to 2008, 2009, 2010, um, Coach Tressman should have sent a message. Anwar Stewart yeah. uh, should have sent a should have sent yeah. a message. Yeah. AC should have sent a message. It could have been Ben Cahoon. There, there, there were a lot of great players that played with John Bowman that could have shared something. And like Jeff said, I've got nothing against Etienne Boulay, and I've got nothing but admiration for Luc Bourdieu-Jourdain. But uh, no, it, 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 it wasn't properly done. It wasn't properly executed. It was, uh, I, I hate to use the term Mickey Mouse, but it was Mickey Mouse. And, yeah. and, and he deserves uh, so much. He deserves so much more respect for, for and, and like Mikey said before, you know, it's not just on the football field. I mean, this guy lived in Montreal 12 months a year, and he was part of that um, uh, school program where the, the, the players go and mm -hmm. visit the students and you know that it, 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 it just wasn't well done it, 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 it wasn't well done he deserved better that's what you guys are trying to say and, and Joey jo Joey just to go back to your first question quickly I know that Alfred uh, uh, Alfred Payton yeah uh, played played for the Owls and he I, I believe he got more sacks than than Bowman did but not with one team Peyton played with multiple teams. We're talking about a guy that played for one team for 14 years and finished his career with 134 sacks. I'm sorry. That's Hall of Fame. That's Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, yeah. that that's that's um that those those are Hall of Fame numbers. And and his his jersey deserves to be up there with the ACs and with and with Ben Cahoon and and all the others that are junior IU and and all the others that are there. 
Yeah, uh, Grover Covington still has the record at 157. Alfred Payton, uh, that, to your point, is second at 154, but he played, uh, obviously, on multiple teams. Uh, and so Bowman's not in the multiple top five. Teams. Yeah, Bowman's not in the top five because Joe Monford is fifth at 135, and I think Bowman was 134. But still, I mean, to me, uh, it's uh, for, first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, absolutely. And he should have... Uh, he should have his num- number retired at some point soon here by uh, by the Alouettes organization. I don't know. Maybe they're waiting for Hall of Fame weekend in three years from now. Uh, I don't know uh, exactly what because they do have a bunch of numbers retired and you have to make space for it uh, in the stadium. Um, but, uh, no, I mean, I, I don't think it was the most um, – I don't know if it was Mickey Mouse that. I'm not sure if I'd go that far, but it definitely felt wow. – uh, it wasn't well th- – it wasn't as well thought out as it could have been. And I just I don't think that you wrap up that ceremony for that career because you have like how people in Halloween costumes dancing on the field. I'm sorry, but that's just, oh, that's, that's, just that's that's where the that's where rushed. the Mickey Mouse comes in. Yeah. I'm sorry that that to me that to me it's it, that should have been a ceremony just for John Bowman. Yeah. Period. We're not sharing this with 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 anything. I don't care what weekend it is. Yeah. It's it, it, you know you, you got to give the guy respect, and I I just felt. It wasn't. It wasn't well done. I'll give him a nice shout out for that French Look, at the end. That was a nice little shout out there. He really went yeah, to the back. He really, he really dug deep for that one. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And you know what, guys? We're 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 season ticket holders, and they send us a survey um, after every home game. And I will complete the survey, and I'll mention it Karen, in the Frankie's survey. Going all Karen on the Alouettes. Oh no! This week. no, no. Like it. no full Absolutely. One hundred percent. They 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 want. Look, they want our opinions. We'll give them. We'll give them our opinion, sure and it's yeah. and it's not it's not an opinion given to knock, but it's an opinion given to better themselves because they they they, they fall short when it comes to doing things like that, and uh, I I don't know who's in charge like of what. No, it was not. It, it wasn't. But you know what? And and we don't. I don't know who's in charge of that, but whoever it is that's in charge of that needs to uh, needs to do a better job. Mm-hmm. And uh, okay, guys, we've got a couple minutes left here before we sign off. Uh, Dad, I'll start with you. Uh, Trevor Harris, Saturday in Winnipeg. Hundred percent. Yeah, hundred like percent. Trevor Harris. Yeah. Trevor Harris. Till the end. We we are gonna win or lose with Trevor Harris. That's that's what it's gonna be from now. They you know they got the two Winnipeg games. They got the last game of the year against Ottawa. Uh, we're going to win or lose with him I, again. I think Matt Matthew Schiltz has done a a, a great job, but you, uh, Danny Machocha, got Trevor Harris for a reason, and uh, the guy's got the CFL experience. If it, if there's a if there's a guy that can that can take us to the promised land, it's uh, it's Trevor Harris. Yeah, Jeff, I, I'm with that on that one. I think if Montreal wins a great cup. Trevor Harris is going to get hot and is going to be the quarterback. I just, I, again, I like Schultz. I think you said it best last week. Maybe he's a backup plus, um, but yeah, I, I think, uh, I, I think that that's the way to go right now going into Winnipeg. What I told that on the way home from the car, actually was, I think Matthew Schultz is Marcus Brady, just great backup quarterback. Mm. Call him in. Maybe yeah. he could beat the weaker teams. There's nothing wrong with that. You're a backup quarterback. It is what it is, but you know what I want to say about Trevor Harris on the ball, he overthrew Winicky. He had zip on that football yeah. that I have not seen from an Alouette's quarterback in a very long time. He yeah. 
And on right before that, he sidestepped a, a rusher, and then he just let her rip. Obviously, he overthrew him, but there was some nice zip on it. He, I know he, he zipped one to Lewis down the sideline uh, on the last drive or second last drive. So it's 100% Trevor Harris. You're going with him until the season's over, and uh, that's it. That's all. And if he, he goes on a run, hey, we'll see what happens next season. On. But yeah. one Mike, game at a got, time. Mike, we've got 30 seconds. Yeah, I'd go Trevor Harris. Uh, he, was, he came in late. And he was still 12 for 15 with only one TD. He did overthrow Jake Winnicky, so it would have been two. But, yeah, you have to go with uh, Trevor Harris 100% next game. And maybe going forward, I do want to see Schultz succeed, though, in the future. All right, guys. It was fun. Episode two is in the books. It is uh, coming out every Monday. The 514 Football Podcast is the next game for the Alouettes, Saturday, November the 6th at 7 o'clock. And we'll be back with you Monday, next week's podcast, will be released on that day and we'll break that game down for you. Have a good one, everyone. Thanks for listening.